0: Hi, I'm Stephanie Griffith. I live in Nashville, Tennessee and am married to a fabulous musician. We have three kids and life is crazy all the time. I believe that we all have limitless potential and I am here to share my enthusiasm for life with you. Stick around for some quick motivation and inspiration to take on your busy life. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Uncovering Your Limitless Potential with Stephanie. It's been a long time since we've been together, and I am very much looking forward to creating some new podcast conversations and content that I'm going to be releasing in the coming months. And I cannot wait for our collective growth and really just kind of, I am excited for our commiseration, our time together, the... um, the ability that we have to help each other and empathize and sympathize with all that we've been going through in these past couple of years. I am so excited to introduce you in this coming episode to Brenda Williams-Denbo. She is a friend of mine. I met her through my husband. Um, He is friends with her husband. They play in the music industry together, and Brenda is an incredible person. She's super kind and sweet loving and giving, and she's a great friend. She has had a lot of things in her life, big trials, and she decided that she was willing to share some of them with us. And I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, I do want to give a trigger warning and a content warning. We are going to be discussing uh, suicide. Brenda lost her husband to suicide. I believe it was in 2012, but she does say that in the in the interview. Um, and she now heads up the AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention chapter in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I, we are going to be talking about her story. We're going to be talking about the things that happened. Um, so if that is something that is not in a good place for you and you're not able to listen to Discussion on suicidal ideation and um, suicidal acts or any of those things, um, just know that ahead of time. But right now, we all collectively have been suffering a lot. And I wanted to make sure that we got this podcast out this month and and in particular because there's going to be an American Foundation for Suicide Prevention walk that's happening in Nashville um, the last weekend of, an, of October. And Brenda gives us information on that. But I also wanted to list all of the places you can find support if you or someone you know is struggling um, mentally and needs support. There is um, at AFSPTN on all platforms, is where you can find the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Tennessee chapter information. AFSP.org is general information if you're not local to Nashville or in the Tennessee area tspn.org is the Tennessee Suicide Prevention Network. They also work with the AFSP. NAMI, n-a-m-i.org. You can find support locally wherever you are through their website. There's also the DBSA Alliance, so dbsalliance.org. Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. Um, I will put all of this information in the show notes so you can go there to get all this information as well. And Brenda is the uh, a board member of AFSP here in Nashville. And afsp.org slash Tennessee is where you can look up that information. Also, the walk info is online as well. Afsp.org backslash Nashville will give you the walk info or AFSP.org slash walks, W-A-L-K-S. I think that's all of the housekeeping info, but Brenda did also want me to mention um, something we failed to mention in our conversation is um, the absolute and total utter support that she has from her current husband, Tim, in all of the things that she has gone through, the grief and The struggles that she currently has, she wanted to make sure that I mentioned that she is so grateful to him. And there is, it's a special group of people who are able to be in relationship with someone after they've had such great loss in their life. And Tim definitely has been a support for Brenda, and she is absolutely grateful for him. We are going to do a follow-up episode at some point to this interview with both Tim and Brenda. Um, He said he would be willing to do that so that we can talk about what it's like to be the support person for someone who has experienced this type of loss. Um, This conversation is really important. People are struggling right now. I think all of us know someone who knows someone who has um, had suicidal ideation, or even been someone who has followed through on, on suicidal acts. And um, I just want you all to know that if you are struggling, that there is help for you. And um, we are hoping to provide some help for you through this interview with Brenda today. So please reach out to AFSP if you have any problems or any issues, anything that you want to get some help with. Um, they are there. They're available, and we we have so many great things in this conversation, so please take a listen and uh, leave us some feedback, and welcome back to our podcast, and I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm grateful to you for for spending your time with us. So here we go. Hello.
1: Hello. <laughs> welcome.
0: <laughs> thank I'm you. I'm so excited to sit and talk with you today. Thank, um, you. thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. You're welcome. Okay, so this is Brenda Denbo, and Brenda Williams Denbo, right? Yes. Okay, and so I'm one
1: of those people who hyphenates. Yeah. Don't hate me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I understand, um, and I think people will understand when they hear your story. So, right. I would like to just start there. Will you please go ahead and just kind of take us through the highlights of your story? And then we're going to branch off um, when we get to some of the hard parts. We're going to discuss the hard things and the grief and, and some mm-hmm. things that you've been through. Mm-hmm. But first of all, will you just tell
1: us your story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And how long do you want me? Which version <laughs> would you like?
0: Take five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you need. I just want to hear your story and I might pop in with a question of here course. and there. So
1: Okay. All right. Well, my name, as you said, is Brenda williams Uh The Williams is from my first marriage um, to uh, Billy Williams, who was a musician. And uh, we originally met in Texas and moved here to Nashville in 1986, a year after we got married, mm-hmm. uh, because he was in music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who hasn't heard that story in yeah. Nashville? Yeah. <laughs> And, um, he did music for a long time and we had a, have a son, we had a son who was born here in Nashville. Um, and this was so long ago, but, um, we were married nearly 27 years Mm -hmm. when he died by suicide in July of 2012. Okay. And that just changed the, changes the trajectory of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely and a lot of the things you care about mm-hmm. change. So I now hyphenate uh, because of my son, and because of, and I'm remarried, so I, I hyphenate my name because of my son and my grandkids who mm-hmm. are still Williams, mm-hmm. and because I want people to still remember Billy.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, So 2012. Yes. Okay, so tell us about Billy before. Tell us about him and what kind of a person that he was, and then maybe some of the hard things that he started to experience that kind of led to what happened. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Billy was, he was a force to be reckoned with. He was a large personality kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Very funny, very witty just hilarious, uh, but you would meet him and then feel like you'd met your best friend. Um, he could even make fun of your clothing, and you would still just laugh your head off. Mm-hmm. And and he would get away with saying things like that to people. Things that if I had said them, pe- they would just look at me like that was very rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could get away with it uh-huh. somehow. Mm-hmm. The delivery, I su- I suppose. Um, but he was. Uh, I just like to describe him as a renaissance man. He um, was a drummer. Um, And did Christian music for um, years, Mm -hmm. and also was a lighting director at one point in time for another Christian artist. Um, But then, you know, as music often does, it left. Mm -hmm. Um, The band broke up, that Mm -hmm. whole story. Mm -hmm. Um, Billy went to design school and became a kitchen and bath designer. Oh, wow. And also had a cabinet shop. So he did that afterwards and was still creating, um, did art, Mm -hmm. paintings, um, acrylic paintings, things like that, woodworking, all those kinds of things. He was an amazing writer, not a good speller, Uh that was my job, Uh was editing, but he was a writer and um, I've shared some stuff that he has written about his depression on Facebook on some of the anniversaries of his death and- Um, It's just powerful stuff. But anyway, I wish I could write like him and I'm, and I am a writer. So I'm just jealous of his ability. But, but he, um, looking back, he and I determined that he had probably been struggling with depression since he was very young. Mm -hmm. Um, When you learn about suicide, one of the things you learn that is a risk factor are adverse childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. ACEs, ACE. Mm -hmm. And he had a multitude of those um, lost his father when he was age nine. Um, um, His family dynamic was not good. His mother was widowed. She was working constantly. um, Some, you know, some issues uh, in the family because of their father's death. Um, Mm -hmm. They just struggled a lot. They had a family history. Yeah. of some mental health issues okay. uh, in the previous generation so um you know there's some studies about the genetic link mm-hmm. um so that's a factor yeah when you have all of those things happening um and he basically became the man of the family mm-hmm. uh, at age nine yeah so um it's a lot of pressure for a little kid it really is and he traces his depression back he traced his depression back that far back and felt he landed in the hospital, um, a couple of years later, uh, hemorrhaging, um, as -hmm. a kid when he was 11. Yeah. Um, and the doctors couldn't, I mean, they believe that it was probably stress. So just some things in his childhood and then growing up, Mm -hmm. um, and then just struggles with depression. Now I didn't, know about it when we met or got married. Uh Um, and it didn't really rear its head up until about 13 years into our marriage. Okay. Um, was that
0: after the band had broken up or was he still doing music at that point?
1: I believe it was triggered by, he had, he lost his stepdad. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember the timeline. It was either right after or right before the band broke up. So it was right, you know, very close together. Okay. I think. Okay. I'm trying to remember now. Um, but those I think he never really grieved his own dad. Yeah. He, he wasn't alone. He was so to. little. Yeah. And
0: back then I feel like so much, so many emotions that were just, especially for men, but they were told, mm-hmm. you have to buck up, mm-hmm. you have to move on you got to get over it and and they weren't allowed to experience the pain and the grief and that transforms into a trauma center in in your brain that that if you don't deal with it it's going to be triggered and it's going to come up and and that it sounds like that is something like what happened when he experienced another death of a a paternal figure yes. later in his
1: life. Yes, absolutely at his father's funeral. Uh, there were people, not his family, but there were people who told him, you're the man of the house now. Yeah, you and know, he's nine. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just a lot of expectation placed on him and things that were said. And, yeah. <clears throat> and, I, you know, I don't fault his family at all. They right. uh, love him, still to this day love him. Yeah. But I believe that that was a factor. Mm-hmm. And, yes, um, so his depression – I believe the band breakup and then the loss of his the loss of his stepdad I think was the big one.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Jim was a someone who came in Billy's life a few years later and was there. His parent, his mom, never married Jim until we were married. actually. Oh, okay. So they got married right around the same time we did. Okay. Um, but still, mm-hmm. he was a step he was a father figure yeah. to Billy, and mm-hmm. then he lost him. And I just saw it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, he just was down and couldn't shake it and depressed and moody and a different person in a way. Yeah. Um, and then we got into counseling. Um, we learned some tools Mm -hmm. and, you know, tried to work our way back Yeah. and we actually did really well Mm -hmm. for about 10 more years. Mm hmm. And then, um, I'm just going to say the economy hit bottom about 2008,
0: 2009.
1: Yeah. He had to ultimately shut down the cabinet shop he was running and lay off five guys. Okay. Five friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they kind of joked about it after he died. They told me that when Billy was telling them the bad news he was the one crying and they were consoling him yeah when he was letting them go yeah so um just that whole thing even though and this is the thing about depression Mm -hmm. it skews your logic your perspective is changed right Um, it makes no sense to anyone but yourself the the things you're thinking yeah it lies to you Mm -hmm. and so he was saying that it was all his fault you know and I would send him article after article after article back then everybody was it's happening everywhere and I just couldn't convince him that it was not him that he didn't do that and he just he never really recovered. Yeah. So that was 2010. And then two years later, yeah, we were struggling, bumping along. Um, and the, you know, I was walking a tightrope just back and forth, worried about him, you know, but seeing nothing different in that particular day. Mm -hmm. Um, I went on to work and have my regrets about, Right. That, of course, you know, that's a right. whole thing you go through as a suicide loss survivor. Or the right. The woulda, coulda, shouldas and the what ifs. Mm-hmm. And those can just knock you to to the ground. Yes. You know, um, but it's not conducive to healing and it's not conducive right. to um, recovering from that or helping anybody else. Right. So.
0: Yeah. I kind of want to shift. I'm glad we could talk about Billy because I like hearing about him. And I know he was a creative and you've told me that before, and and um, I also do want to mention he did take medication off and on to help him with his yes. depression. Is that right?
1: Yes, he did. Okay. Um, w- the first thing we did when when he um, started exhibiting these symptoms, I had. Seen a pamphlet at work for a girl I was working with who was struggling. She thought so. I opened it up and looked at it, and every symptom on the list he had. Okay. I brought it home to him. Yeah. So we made an appointment with a doctor, mm-hmm. and that lovely doctor spent two hours with my husband. You know, that's unheard of. You know. Yeah. Um, and then put him on medication. Um, we started going to counseling and all of that. So those were the things that those we were the steps.
0: Mm-hmm. How the order of of how things went. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to shift
1: to start
0: talking about your grief journey. So a loss like that, like you said, first of all, a loss of somebody, no matter how it happens, when you lose someone that you love, it's devastating. And when you take it to you know, the, the situation where that person has taken their own life by suicide, um, it adds a whole other... It, it comes with its own set of grief, its its own set of, of things you have to deal with, things you have to walk through. Um, so your grief journey before you lost Billy, had you experienced any great losses in your life?
1: I had not. I had had grandparents pass, uh-huh. but because of our situation, I grew up Air Force. We were overseas okay. most of my growing up years. Uh, we didn't come back to the States till I was in high school. I did not know my grandparents as well as I would have loved to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I lost three of them at that point. And, um, and of course grieved, but it was nothing like I had not lost anyone in my immediate family or anyone who was in my life every day Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. So that was my first major loss in my life. And I, yeah, that just, it's so it, my belief is, as you said, grief. You know, you know, you hear about the um, the steps of grief. Well, it's, you're actually going back and forth between all right. the, all the time. Yeah. Um. But I feel like the anger, the regret, um, the anger and the regret, regret in particular, um, they're tenfold mm-hmm. with a suicide loss. Right. Um. I just feel like because you feel burdens are t- tell me heavier. if this
0: is is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you feel Initially, especially as the spouse, do you feel personally betrayed by that person like they were choosing to leave you? Even though cognitively, you know his issues are so deep with depression and that is a real thing. Like you said, it lies to you and it convinces people that everyone else that they love is going to be better off without them. Um, I've had friends who have depression who have told me that they believed that and um, it sounds to you it sounds ridiculous for lack of a better word you're yes. just you just want to shake them and say absolutely what not my life about? would not be better without you but that's the narrative that's spinning in their own heads um that's right So do you feel that that's probably where a lot of the anger comes from initially is is, almost to how could you leave me? How could you do this, mm-hmm. you know, to us, to, mm-hmm. to you, to, to your son? Um, right. And I'm sure, I know as you move through that, you're able to kind of understand and see perspective, but initially I feel like anger and sadness and, and all of those things probably hit you. If, if, is that, mm-hmm. is that what happened?
1: For me, anger came later. Okay. Um, For me, it was regret and self-blame, you know, that was the initial (laughs) reaction for me.
0: I think that makes sense, Um, too. Yeah, it just,
1: why couldn't I see it, you Mm -hmm. know, why couldn't I? And I had strangers come up to me and say, I just feel like I wish I could have done something or said, you know, and I'm like, if you couldn't, right? if I couldn't, how could you have? Right, right. You know, so, uh, yeah, for me, anger came, it took a while for mm-hmm. me to get there um, because I was working through all the <laughs> the other stuff that hits you, that hit me first. Now, every, you know, I've had other people who were angry immediately. So, right, you right. know, it just, it's I think different. it's individual mm-hmm. really. Um, and some of it, you know, kind of exposed some things about myself. You know, I'm a codependent mm-hmm. and, you know, self-blame is <laughs> one of the things I was really bad about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been working through all of that as well. That exposed some things in my own my own life and my own yeah. mental health so as you
0: move forward in your grief journey yes um, after the dust settles you know the your your the funeral's over and things are everyone else around you is settling back into their life your life is never going to be the same especially um, what were the steps that you had to take what was your grief like for those first couple of years
1: right well I feel like um, it took me about a year to really kind of get to a place where I could look around and start looking for help. Um, I was busy with logistics Mm -hmm. initially and then following up with family and struggling with all of that. And then uh, moving, um, not moving actually, getting ready to move. I didn't Uh quite move yet. So I stayed in the house for a while, but I did, sorry, I'm trying to figure out the the exact order of this. It took me about a year for me to find, reach out and find a support group. Okay. So I, I did find individual therapy uh-huh. um, and started that probably about six months after Billy died. Okay. And that was huge for me. Um, individual therapy and then support group therapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, was enormous in yeah. me changing the way I was doing my grief, mm-hmm. um, particularly the support group, because you there's something about Al-Anon or AA or any of these self-help, you know, these uh, recovery groups. Yeah, that sitting in a room full of people who are walking the exact same path you are, mm-hmm. albeit individually, right? But still, you know, you sit in a room and you hear, you know, and you're like, "Yes, I've said that. Yes, I felt that. I heard that. I did that." Mm -hmm. you know and then you hear about the things they did to help themselves Mm -hmm. and you you glean what you can and they they tell you when you come to a support group like that they say take take what helps you and leave the rest yeah Mm -hmm. um so that's what i did yeah and i learned so much from those other people and then there were two ladies in particular who were um Suicide widows, we call ourselves. Mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't offend anyone, but that's what we called ourselves. Mm -hmm. And those two ladies helped me Mm -hmm. so much um, because once again, I felt a kinship and a kindred spirit with them in recovering from this loss. And, and even some of the things they told me about their husbands and their deaths, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that helped just being in the same room as those people
0: community mm-hmm. is absolutely essential when you're going through recovery of any kind grief recovery especially finding that community even if someone's only a step or two farther down a path than you the path than you are they can hold your hand and and keep showing you you know well this is the next right thing this is the next step that I took maybe it'll work for you even just being able to talk to someone without fear of judgment of your own thoughts, your own grief, your own struggles, um, knowing that it's going to be completely accepted by them. Exactly. It's absolutely essential.
1: It is. And one of the things I do want to point out is when you go through a loss like this, um, and at some point people will start coming to your door, yeah, wanting you to help someone else. Mm-hmm. And I, because of these ladies did that for me, I have been very, it's been very important to me to pass that along. And we have a program through AFSP called Healing Conversations that we will talk about. Yes. Um, that allows me to do that. Yes. So we can and that leads
0: that. kind mm-hmm. of into, you mentioned earlier the different phases of grief and, and now um, even I've heard and uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who came up with the five stages, quote unquote, of grief in her original research and her original writing, she did not mean for them to be laid out as you go through one, it's mm-hmm. over, you move to the next one, it's over, and when you're done, your grief is over. That's not how she laid them out, but kind of that. what society did was they took them and they said, here are the five stages you're going to go through when you're grieving right. and you're going to get to the end and it's like a magic yeah. recipe, like you're going to be done with your grief. And yes. that's not what she meant at all. And yeah. I've I've even heard her quoted as saying that was so frustrating to her that her work, Mm -hmm. which she meant to be so helpful and deep to help grieving people, because we're all a grieving person at some point in our life, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That it was taken and kind of watered down so much. And so I have learned so much just knowing that these are five phases that you're going to go in and out of. You're going to move back and forward. You're going to carry with you for the rest of your life because it's a turning point in your life, right? So you're on a new path when you've had a loss, especially a loss like this. Um, Your your partner, a loss of your partner, you're on a new path, something that you weren't envisioning. right? And um, David Kessler, who worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, he was a protege of hers. He actually has added a sixth Quote unquote stage. And that's channeling your grief into action mm. and how that actually can be unbelievably healing mm. for people who have experienced deep losses. Yes. And so that's going to steer us towards where I want to go next in our conversation, which you now have been working with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in Tennessee. Yes. For how many years? I, the
1: year after Billy died I went to my first out of the darkness walk okay. in Nashville uh, signed up as a volunteer that that day mm-hmm. so since 2013 I've been a volunteer with them mm-hmm. and I joined their board their their state board in 2015 okay and then became chair in 2018 18 19, 20, 19 2019 2019.
0: Okay, is it just referred to as the Tennessee chapter
1: of the AFSP? We call it AFSP Tennessee. Okay. So okay. AFSP TN.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and so, I wanted yeah. to um, just share from their website about the AFSP Tennessee chapter. Um, it says the grassroots work we do focuses on eliminating the loss of life from suicide by delivering innovative prevention programs. Educating the public about risk factors and warning signs, raising funds for suicide research and programs, and reaching out to those individuals who have lost someone to suicide. As a part of AFSP's growing nationwide network of chapters, we bring together people from all backgrounds who want to prevent suicide in our communities families and friends who have lost someone to suicide, vulnerable individuals, mental health professionals, clergy, educators, students, community and business leaders, and many others energize our chapter. Absolutely. That's the work that AFSP is doing. So it's about preventing Mm -hmm. suicide loss. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how working towards that goal for you has helped in your own grieving process. (sighs)
1: huh <sighs> wow.
0: I just an easy question. I, think,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, it helps me. I, you know, it's funny. Um, there's a scripture and I may have to look it up, Yeah, it's in Corinthians. Right it's in second Corinthians, but it's, it's, it's a scripture that talks about how, um, God uses your pain to um, help others in the same way that you are being helped. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like a almost a circle. Yeah. Um, And I you can look it up if you you want. I'll look that up. Yeah. That I'll look that up. But yeah, that's it's been a theme scripture for me. For you. Mm I I believe that going through that loss has equipped me in a way to, to help someone in a way that I would not have been able to. Right. If I had not. So, yeah, that's, that's one way I look at redeeming. The only way I can redeem a loss, mm-hmm. Billy's loss. Yeah. Is by using it to help somebody else through it. And the way those ladies did for me mm-hmm. and the way our group, the group and all of the mm-hmm. uh, my counselor and all that. So I, uh, it does help me. Yeah. It does help me to even feel like I have, shown someone a resource or um, help them find someone who was hurting and get them the help they needed mm-hmm. or um, give them the signs to watch for, or here's right. what I did and here's what I didn't do that I wish I had done. Right. All those things are helpful to someone else and can be. So, right. yeah, it helps me. Yeah. I'm not sure the process, how the process works. <laughs> right, right, right. But um, it does help me feel more hopeful. Mm-hmm And if it's within my power whatsoever to help some, to keep this from happening to someone else, I'm going to do anything I can.
0: Right. Absolutely. So if I'm someone who is worried about someone I love, where do I start? Where do I go? And how do I, how can the AFSP and their resources help me to know what to do in that
1: situation? Yes. Well, uh, the first thing I do is go to the AFSP website. Mm -hmm. And there are there are a couple of things you click on. And one of them is get get help or get support. I think I can't remember the exact title Mm -hmm. of that part of the website. And I will look it up right now because I want you guys to know that. Yes. AFSP.org. And it says you're not alone. And then it says, I think it says find. Yeah, get help right there and that's where I start and that's that's kind of where I start I do have because I live in Tennessee and have been doing this for so long I have a list of resources that I send to people but I always Mm -hmm. try to um personalize it to to what they're concerned about whether it's a teenager or a spouse or right a a mother a son uh, you know whatever um Mm -hmm. what stage they're in is it depression is it actual suicidal behavior is it they've attempted is that you know it's all of those things right. or they've had a loss. So those resources will depend on where they're at right? with what they're concerned about. But um, I do have those, but I, I usually will go to this website myself mm-hmm. and, and, you can click on here and say how to help someone who's struggling with suicide. What if you're worried about someone who's at risk um, or I've lost someone Mm -hmm. or I've survived an attempt. So you click on these things and the resources are all aggregated that way. So
0: this is not just for people who are worried about someone else. It's for you as well. If you personally are struggling Mm -hmm. with suicide ideation or any type of deep depression where you're feeling like this could be, part of a road for you 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 can also go here or have attempted
1: yourself yes so okay um, so we have resources for all of that there um so that's where i start but i i one of the main things i talk about is have they seen a doctor right that's one of the first things i would say get them to a doctor first Mm -hmm. get you know get them evaluated either mentally or physically or both Mm -hmm. that's the first place i would start
0: yeah Because everybody's journey with depression is not going to have one answer or even a hundred of the same answers. Like They are going to need to have that. It's an individualized thing. As individual as we all are, our depression is individualized. And so they need to be working directly with Mm -hmm. a doctor Mm -hmm. and other mental health professional who is going to be able to give them the tools that are going to work
1: best for them? Exactly. Yes. And then from there, you just have to, um, you know, find the right help. So it, it it can be a frustrating process. Mental health coverage. You know, one of the things the AFSP has been doing is advocating nationally and in the state for. Um, coverage and you know better resources and more you know therapy and all kinds of things that are needed you know it's it can be expensive Mm -hmm. you've got you've got to find a sliding scale or a free clinic or whatever and they are available but they're not always easy right and right up front in your face you have to go looking for that so afsp can be a resource for some of those things there are some other partnerships that we have um, TSPN here in Tennessee, the Tennessee suicide prevention network. Mm-hmm. They have a list of resources as well. Um, NAMI, the national Alliance for the mentally ill, uh, okay. NAMI in Tennessee and Davidson County here in Nashville area and all across the state and all across the country. Um, those are really good partners. The depression bipolar support Alliance, DBSA. Okay. Um, another good partner, um, that can help people get to the resources they need.
0: Okay. So there are multiple of those types of organizations, but especially for someone who's struggling with depression, um, a symptom of depression is overwhelm, right? And so when you start to list all of those things, I know if someone's feeling depression themselves, they can think that's too much work. right? It's too hard. So the first thing that someone who is experiencing depression themselves, what can they do? What's the first important step for them? Tell someone. Tell someone
1: else. Tell someone else, someone trust that you trust, and then they can hope, hopefully help you do that, looking around, um, all the sifting that, that needs to happen, you know, get your advocates around you and have them help you. And then you can call someone with AFSP and mm-hmm. we can do the best to help you as well yeah and we don't do any treatment we we work with partners who provide that kind of thing but we don't do any of that right you so we will refer you on
0: referring the tools the tools and resources but that's that's what most people don't know they they need that bridge Mm -hmm. there there is a bridge for you if you need to know how to find help that's what afsp does is it's that bridge because i know even um, you know, medically speaking, even if an emergency comes up, that's that's not a mental issue. The first thing I think is, wait a minute, what do I do? What is my first step? What what resource do I have? How do I know what to do? Even if you're just looking for a counselor if you're struggling or a or a therapist, a lot of people just don't even know where to start because there is a disconnect in the health in and wellness physical health industry and the mental health industry i think that those they're working together more and more but it is frustrating because especially in our society mm-hmm. there has there still are all of these preconceived notions and there are still there's still a, a stigma around people who struggle with mental health issues i believe that it's going it's getting better mm-hmm. there's a lot more talk a lot more sharing and vulnerability that's happening which is good there is a disconnect because if you go to a doctor and you tell them you're experiencing all these physical symptoms of depression, they're maybe going to give you some pills to try to treat those symptoms. But what depression is, is it's, there's a root, there's a root that needs to be dug out. There need right. there needs to be trauma that's uncovered and, and you need to be dealing with someone who knows how to do that. And so, um, Right. Yeah, you, that's the bridge. That's why the work is so important. It's the bridge between what do I do and how do I do it and then finding the right resources. Yeah. And one
1: of our messages is creating a culture that's smart about mental health. We want it to be looked at and covered and uh, and talked about the same way we talk about our physical health. Yes. You know, we're all open now about things that we didn't used to talk about, like yeah. cancer and diabetes and things like that. And now we want to be that way about yeah. mental health and up mm-hmm. front about struggles like that. And I think you're right. It's improving and we just keep hammering that message home. Yeah. that your mental health is just as important. Yes. as your and and one of the things I would say for people who are not struggling themselves, how can you know where do you start? I would say it's get educated mm-hmm. on suicide prevention. Mhm. Um, that's one of the things AFSP does is we do free training and education on suicide prevention, how to help someone, what are the signs, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Um, all of that is in our presentations that we offer to the community. I feel like
0: parents need to know that. Parents need to know those things because if you're able to start dealing with deep issues at a younger age, you're going to be set up for more success. I know it's not a magical system there are still people who are going to go on and have have struggles and have issues but the younger you are when there's able to be interventions the better you have at succeeding as as time moves on and so for parents that would be a great resource i know when i you know when you have a baby and you come home from the hospital they give you like a packet of all of this stuff it would be wonderful if the mm-hmm. afsp could have something included in those um, handouts at what hospitals a great idea. for parents. <laughs> you know, it's like this is something uh, it's hard to think yeah. about when you're holding a cute little brand new sweet mm-hmm. newborn. But down the road, you just don't right. know what's going to happen, and, and being prepared mm-hmm. and having the tools in your toolbox as a parent, as a caregiver, as a leader, as a teacher, mm-hmm. um, you're able to turn around and and say, I know what to do with this. Let's help you. Like right. let's help each other. And
1: AFSB has a lot of resources for parents and schools and educators. Um, there's a whole section of our website with all of those things, including a model school policy. We have uh, training cl- and videos and, and presentations that we do oh, great. for kids all the way up to adults. And then educators, um, faculty, staff, parents, mm-hmm. parents and kids together. All yeah. of it. We have done every scenario.
0: Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And there's such a, a, uh, focus right now on social and emotional learning in the schools. And, and I think that that goes along with it. That's really
1: great. Yes. You
0: mentioned, was it the healing circles or healing, healing conversations. conversations. Yes. So tell us about that. What are those? Yes.
1: That's one of our programs uh, where we offer support to suicide loss survivors. Okay. Um, And basically it is a program where Um, If you have lost someone to suicide, it it could be a fresh loss or it could be something that's in your past that has just come up and started troubling you again. Um, You reach out through our website um, or I can, you know, give that information now. Yeah. But it's... um, Basically a peer program. Mm -hmm. So what you'll do is contact our healing conversations coordinator. Mm -hmm. Um, They will pair you up with a trained volunteer who is a loss survivor themselves. Okay. Who is, has had a loss similar to yours. Okay. So if it's a spouse, they'll try to uh, get you, pair you up with someone who's had a spouse loss like like me. Yeah. I'm the one they call Mm -hmm. when someone has lost a spouse or okay. a partner um we have parents you know people who've lost their parents people who've lost their children yeah um that kind of thing yeah siblings and all that so we um it's a it's a very busy program mm-hmm. it goes in spurts but um we try to get it back with back with you as soon as we can mm-hmm. and then pair you up at your convenience. Mm-hmm. And it can be in person, it can be online, it can be on Zoom, mm-hmm. however you want to on, on just a phone call. Yeah. However you want to do it. Okay. We prefer in person because we feel like that um, feels better. Yeah. Um and you we can, can feel offer. the
0: empathy and the energy and the love yeah. a little bit better when you're can, sitting in the same room.
1: Yes. Yeah. We can offer and before COVID obviously Mm -hmm. we were trying to do most of our visits that way right since COVID people a lot of people you know still are worried about the contact or whatever and then also and because of the resurgence Mm -hmm. but also um, they've decided some of them have decided they like that better yeah so we'll do whatever yeah Whatever is comfortable. Yeah. So that's a program I'm a volunteer for, and we have a really good team here in Tennessee, and and it's available nationwide in every yeah. state.
0: Okay. And you can find that the Healing Conversations through the AFSP website.
1: Yes. And I'm going to look that up while um while we talk. Um. Yes, it's actually on Get Help, and it's I've lost someone. Is the um. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I hit the wrong thing. the link. Yeah, okay, I hit the wrong thing. That's Get okay. help. I've lost someone right here. I'm looking at, I'm I'm working this website, you guys. (laughs) Healing Conversations is the first thing that comes up. Okay. So you would hit the Healing Conversations, link, learn more, and then go down to your state. Okay. They have contacts. So you would complete the form either online or you'd reach out to a local coordinator, find a coordinator. So you have two options there. You can either complete the form online and then the national office will route it to the right place. Okay. Or you can look for a local coordinator Mm -hmm. on this website, find them, and contact them directly. Okay, so that's
0: that's really good to know. That is that's really good to know. It's interesting. Um, so my dad lost his best friend uh, to suicide. This was before I was born. Um, and my dad's a very stoic personality doesn't doesn't talk a lot is and when he does it's not usually some super emotional although as he's gotten older it is more emotional you know but I remember growing up just hearing him talk about his friend um and my dad's name is is Mike and his friend's name was also Mike and Mike was my dad's best man when he married my mom oh they were high school best friends and just a few years after my parents got married um Mike struggled with depression and and he he took his life and um but I was in college when my dad came to pick me up one one summer before I was coming home um for the summer and he took me to the cemetery so we could go and visit uh Mike's grave and my dad didn't talk about him a ton through the years but it made me it made me realize that on a new level that those losses never leave you. No. And even if it's a friend or an acquaintance even, or someone that you came in contact with, maybe who isn't in your life anymore, those losses are, are very real and and very difficult. And And it's something that whether you might talk about it or not, it's still something that affects you and that you think about even, and now, you know, I'm 37 years old and and so it was a few years before. So, you know, 40 years ago or so that, mm-hmm. um, that my dad lost his friend. And so it's just one of those things that I just remember growing up thinking how sad that was that my dad had lost his friend. And um, I've not known my dad to have Really, any other? I would say best friends, really, um, at all. I mean, my mom—you know—they they're very, very close. But, um, and I just didn't ever know. I mean, maybe it's not that, but I just always kind of wondered how that loss affected him with his friendships, um, moving forward because it was such a devastating loss and one that he just didn't really talk about for a long time. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. Anyway. I wasn't planning on bringing that up, but it just struck me while we were talking that that, you know, is something even, you know, through someone else, that that was how I had experienced it, knowing about about suicide loss growing up. So
1: You and I I have talked a couple of times about this topic, and Mm -hmm. I know you've told me before you have friends, but I am not surprised to learn that it goes a little bit deeper than that for Mm -hmm. you. That Yeah known someone who's lost someone already so yeah i it it changes you forever yeah and those of you who feel your family would be better off without you i'm here to tell you they will not be yeah they will not be your family and friends will never be the same yeah this world has a big hole in it because of people we've lost Mm -hmm. mm-hmm
0: And for you, I know for you keeping Billy's memory alive is important. Very. I know you share things each year on either his birthday or or um the you know when the date comes up of mm-hmm. of the loss. Mm-hmm. Um and I know you're still close with his family. I'm very close. And um and remembering Billy is is a part of your life and something that's important to you now mm-hmm. and um I think that's beautiful and I'm happy to get to know him cause I didn't meet him in this life. So, so it's nice to see and hear such great things about someone that everybody still has so much love for.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah. great. He is still missed deeply and I'm sure your dad, misses Mike. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Yeah. And that does him. I think that it can impact the way you move forward. Hmm. Um, you know, especially, it, and it makes a difference as to whether you've gotten some help yourself, right? For, for you know, some grief therapy or loss or mm-hmm. um, some support of some kind. Well, so and everyone's
0: grief journey is a different journey as well. So, that's true. being non-judgmental of the choices that someone is making when they're grieving mm-hmm. is really important as well, because when someone is in deep grief, they just need support. Absolutely. Um. I'm going to put all the information in the description of, of our conversation when I post it so that all the, the links will be there. Um, but I do have a, a final question for you. And then anything else that you want to add, we can you can add and, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. But um, my final question for you is, what would you say to someone who has experienced suicide loss? Um, and then I guess it's a two-parter. And what would you say, which you kind of just did, to someone who is struggling and and considering suicide?
1: Uh, well, I would address the person who's struggling first. Mm-hmm. And again, I would say, um, your your feelings are what they are, um, but depression. Can lot li- it lies mm-hmm. to you, so the people around you who have no idea what you're thinking and going through, or maybe they have some idea, they can't understand it. Um, it makes sense to you, perhaps, mm-hmm. but um, the truth is, is that you are loved. You are needed. Mm-hmm. We need you in this world. Mm-hmm. We need what you have to offer. We need what you bring, um, and. Whatever you're feeling about yourself right now, please don't believe that we would not miss you or, or would be better off without you. Yeah. You are worth every effort that it would take to heal, to get you into a place of healing and, and, and doing better and whatever needs to happen. So Mm -hmm. I've said that very awkwardly, but I, I'm, I'm a little emotional right now. You need to live. Mm hmm. And um, we need you to live because there's so much out there for you. Yeah. So much that you were put on this earth to do. That's my belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe you need to fulfill that. So, yeah. Um, but yes, reach out for help. Mm-hmm. I would say, tell someone that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Tell someone how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, and to the person that um, has experienced has, has suicide ex- loss, experienced suicide loss. I would say, please get support. Mm-hmm. Please get help. And then, um, there's hope. I would say grief, you know, we talk about the stages of or the stages you go in and out of. I've heard grief described as a a wave. It's mm-hmm. an, an like you're in an ocean, yeah, and it just it can pummel you. it mm-hmm. can. Um, but eventually, eventually and it who knows how long it takes those waves will um, get a little bit calmer mm-hmm. um, it'll knock you off your feet sometimes but not as often yeah. mm-hmm. and you'll eventually be able to see the sunshine again you'll be able to experience joy again yeah and um, honor that's that person you lost while with the life that you continue to lead yeah that's the only way i can put it
0: You The love that you bring, the love you have for that person isn't going to go anywhere. And you get to carry it forward with you no matter what. What a gift Mm -hmm. that love has been and what a gift it is. Uh, You know, that quote that grief is love with no place to go. Well, you can Mm -hmm. channel that love. You can channel it and and take it with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about people who are struggling. Um, I was going to mention, I know I saw... This last couple of weeks, even just here in my little community, um, the number of overdoses has gone up exponentially. Mm. Right now, people are struggling. Yes. Mental health is a problem. Um, you know, pandemic fatigue, burnout, everyone is experiencing these things, and it's real. It's mm. real. The, the, the loss we all have experienced, um, whether you've personally lost someone to COVID or not, um, we all are experiencing societal losses. We are experiencing the heaviness of the world that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And I just saw, I read an article in our our local paper that overdoses in my little community, not Nashville, Donaldson, my community, mm-hmm. um, have, are, are, have gone up like 35, 45 percent in the last two weeks. Like these are recent numbers and they're encouraging anyone who is using alcohol, drugs, um, to don't use alone, re reach out, you know, and if you're struggling met- with your mental health to please tell someone and, and get some help because there are resources here in our community. Yes. Um, and, you know you read things like that and all i can think about is each of those individual people um not all of those overdoses were fatal but but a few of them were um but also encouraging people to check on each other yes let's just remember to reach out to our friends and sometimes people are struggling who don't look like they're struggling right um you know you and billy have what some would consider on paper would have considered you know a pretty normal very happy life Mm -hmm. and it was filled with all sorts of ups and downs and things just like everyone's is but um, and you had struggles but it's hard to know sometimes when someone is struggling and how bad their struggles are and then at the end of the day I also just wanted to mention this um, we can't control other people's choices we can do everything possible to love and support someone and they still might choose a suicide um, path yes Matt my husband lost a friend a couple of years ago mm-hmm. to suicide. Um, and we went to his funeral and he was so loved. He was so loved. Right. But his struggles had ta- had taken over his life and um, nobody was surprised when they heard that's what happened because his struggles had been pretty apparent. But people were trying to help him and and sometimes people won't be helped. And I just needed to mention that because I think... There can be a lot of guilt that people carry. Yes. Um, if you have someone you love who chooses that path, mm-hmm. it is not your fault.
1: No. Um, That's an important message to deliver as well. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So do you have any final thoughts or anything you feel is important that you
1: want to share? No, I I think you have touched on the main points. Okay. Um, these last two, especially. Um, yes. Um a suicide loss is not your fault. Um, you can go there. I can certainly uh, make myself go there, but right. it is not. That person had a will and mm-hmm. a mind and they chose um, no matter what was going on around them or who was loving on them or supporting them at the time. And, and for goodness sake, my husband knew, right. You know, in his, even I think anyway, I, I, Sorry, I'm a little verklempt right now. No, but i I think that is an important message for mm-hmm. sure. Just as important as what I said for sure. Thank you, Stephanie, yeah. for for mentioning that. Um, yes.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. Um, the other thing too is just there is love, and you are you are worthy of love and belonging and life. Everyone here yes. on Earth is worthy of life and love and belonging. Amen. And, um. So if you're grieving or if you are struggling, we all go through bo- all of those things, both of those things at different points in our life. Absolutely. We can repeat that to ourselves every day. We are worthy of love. We are worthy of life and we are worthy of belonging. That's right. And there's hope and there's possibility for those things to happen. That's right. So I believe it. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Stephanie. I for really appreciate
1: me. it. I appreciate you.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so happy to have you here with me. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to hear more, please subscribe and leave a comment so we can work together in uncovering our full potential.